Level up your life. Hey, I'm Shalene Johnson. Thanks for joining me. Welcome to The Shalene Show. Shalene is a New York Times bestselling author, celebrity fitness trainer, and obsessed with helping you live your dream life. So what does it mean to level up your life? Well, it means that you understand you've got more potential, greater potential than perhaps the way you're living your life right now. And when I say living your life, I don't mean like necessarily every area of your life, but I think we all desire more or better in certain areas of our lives. So let's take a look at first what it means to level up. First, you have to realize you've got the potential and sometimes we have to see it. For thousands of years, athletes tried to break the four minute mile barrier. In the 1940s, the mile record was pushed to four minutes and one second, and it remained the world record for more than nine years. And many people believed, well, this is the four minute mile is the limit, the absolute fastest the human body can run. We had reached our potential. Then on May 6th of 1954, Roger Bannister broke the four minute barrier. His time, three minutes and 59 seconds. It said that part of his training was visualization, like just imagining that he could run the mile in under four minutes. It's certainly no easy feat, but since that time, countless other individuals have been able to break the four-minute mile. In fact, high schooler Alan Webb in 2001 broke the four-minute mile record with a time of three minutes and 53 seconds. You have to know it's possible to even visualize your own potential. You have to see it. We have to see it sometimes. One of the most important steps to leveling up your life is to know and believe and to sometimes see what is possible. And we can do that by taking inspiration from others. My husband comes from a family of athletes. So when our son first started wanting to play competitive athletics, one of the first things Brett suggested is that we have him play up. And I'm like, what do you mean have him play up? His suggestion was that Brock try to sign up for teams where the kids were maybe a year older. And I really didn't understand this. I thought that would diminish his confidence. Like if you're playing with kids who are a year older, they're a year better, they're more athletic, they're more coordinated. Like, why would we do that? And his reasoning or rationality explained to me was, well, because you play up to the kids that you're playing with. If you're playing with kids who are really lousy, you don't see what your potential is or how you could be better. And he was right. When Brock played with kids who were a year older, it just inspired him. It didn't diminish his confidence. It improved his game. How can you apply this to your life? Pick an area. How about your exercise? When I was conducting the test groups for Shalene Extreme, I'll never forget that I had this group of girls who were friends, and they were in there at the time, late 50s. And I just remember one of them commenting to me that, you know, this is what we all look like. Me and all my girlfriends, like we all kind of have this pot belly and these skinny legs and we walk together in the mornings and you'll see this is just what happens when you're in your 50s. And I thought, well, that's because all of you are kind of doing the same thing. But when I had this individual in a group with people of different ages. In fact, even a few women in the group were older than her, but trained harder and ate different and had different habits. She began to realize that it was her group of friends that was really limiting 
what she saw as the potential for herself. Spending time around women who were even a little bit older than her, but who had great physiques and really healthy habits inspired her to see the potential for herself as opposed to just saying, well, this is what I'm supposed to look like at this age. Who we spend our time with, who we allow to influence us also influences what we believe is potential or possible for us. Sometimes we do this just to make ourselves feel comfortable. I'm not a partier. Brett and I, I mean, we'll have an occasional cocktail, glass of wine with dinner or whatever, but we like to go to bed early. We like to watch our shows and generally stay in. I mean, as I always say, I'm not very rehearsed, I'm not very practiced, and I'm not very good at drinking. I don't like the way I feel the next day. I don't like trying to remember what I said. I mean, there were a few times in college, let's be honest, that that happened, and I didn't enjoy it. So it's something I have never done. And we've had friends throughout the years who who do like to party and do like to, like, you know, when they go on vacation, drink during the day and then keep that going all day and into the night. And I just, I don't see the value in it and I don't like doing it. And what we found is eventually we stopped getting invited on those trips with those people. But those people are still doing some of those things. And this isn't a judgment. I'm just saying you surround yourself with people who either make your behaviors okay or you surround yourself with people who inspire you to see a greater potential, that you could be doing things better, if that's what you want for your life. Maybe you don't. I'm not suggesting that every area of your life you need to level up. Let me share with you another example. A friend of mine who's not a competitive bodybuilder, but happens to have a lot of friends who are in that industry, invited me out to a dinner, lovely dinner, lovely ladies, but every single one of the women at the table was at one point a competitive physique athlete, which means their training regimen is it's intense and their bodies are ridiculously amazing, like insane. You know, listening to the conversation and looking at their physiques, etc., very inspirational. And I can see how hanging out with a group of women who are, you know, into that lifestyle would definitely inspire you to do the same. I don't want that for my life. I don't want that piece of my happiness, which is exercise and food and my approach to health, to be influenced in that way. So I want to hang out with people who help me level up. And for me, I see greater potential in balance. So it's not always thinking about things in terms of extreme. Another example might be a friend of yours who works 24-7, and you know you've got more potential for your business, but maybe to level up to an extreme level isn't an improvement. So when you're considering people who inspire you, ask yourself what leveling up looks like. And by that, I mean, how could you take one area of your life and improve it? Taking extreme measures doesn't necessarily mean your life is going to get better. You've got to ask yourself, will this be better? Not is it more impressive to people, but will things be better for me? Will I feel good about my potential? Will I feel happy? Because I love for this show to be actionable, like not just something you listen to and you're like, oh, that was, that was interesting. I actually want you to be able to take action. And I think it's important those things happen in manageable bite-sized pieces. So rather than looking at your whole life, I'm going to go over 10 areas, and I want you to just pick one 
just one area where you think or believe or feel like you can and you should and you want to level up. The first area is your romantic relationship. Now, if you don't have one, do you want one? If you don't have one and you need to stay out of a romantic relationship for a while, fine. But that's the first area of your life I want you to consider. So romantic relationship. Second one would be your relationship with your friends and family. Do you need to level up? Third area is your pure joy. And by that, I mean those things you do that just, they elevate you, they refresh you, they restore you, and they're healthy. So I wouldn't include, say, gambling, like maybe that's a hobby, but is it really restorative? I don't know. This isn't a judgment. I'm just saying, like, look at the things you do that really replenish your energy, make you feel alive, make you feel connected. Hobbies like art or spending time with quality people, maybe they're things like reading or sleeping in or exercise, whatever those things are that just bring you pure joy and they elevate you. The fourth area is spirituality. And I'm not talking specifically about religion, but your connectedness to a higher power. The fifth area, your finances. Do you need to level up there or are you happy with where you're at? Have you made it okay or justified the fact that you're living in credit card debt because many of your friends are? Would you much prefer not to have to worry every month about how you're going to pay your bills or how much something costs or budgeting to do things that you just would like to just do them? I also think it makes sense to include in the area of finances. I also want you to think about your work. In other words, I think it's under the same category, like what you do professionally. Are you looking for a promotion? Are you dissatisfied in the position or the line of work that you're in? Do you need to spend more time and really, really devote yourself to building that business? All of those things should fall under the area of finances. And the sixth area for you to consider is your environment. And by environment, I mean what's around you. Maybe it's your cubicle. Maybe it's standing in the kitchen. Maybe it's when you're standing in your closet and it's, it's driving you crazy that it's just a mess. Or maybe your whole house is a mess. Or maybe your car is a mess. Or maybe it's not. Maybe you love your environment. But just consider, consider your physical environment, like where you spend time or what's in your physical surroundings. How does it make you feel? What have you accepted? Have you just accepted that when you have kids, your house looks like a bomb went off? Have you just accepted it because that's what your friends' homes look like? Or do you really want to level up? Seventh area, physical health. By that, I mean your fitness, your sleep, your nutrition. All of these things fall under the category of physical fitness. Next category, mental fitness, your mental wellness. How easily are you able to deal with life's setbacks because they happen every week? Do you feel happy most of the time, like 90% of the time? Do you feel a lot of anxiety or depression? Do you struggle with mood swings? If so, then that might be an area where you need to level up. You need to work on your mental wellness, your mental strength. And how about living with purpose? And I don't think you always have to frame this in terms of what you're doing, like your career. I think we can live our life with purpose, even in jobs or positions or, or things that we don't see ourselves doing as our life's work. Like maybe it's not your life's work to 
bag groceries or, and maybe you're not even paid to do what it is you do that you believe is fulfilling a purpose. In other words, we don't always have to think of it in terms of a career. I know so many mothers and fathers who are really, they've changed the legacy of their family. They decided to end the history of alcoholism or abuse that showed up generation after generation in their own family. Like, that's purpose. In my estimation, to live with purpose means that I am using difficult challenges that I've been able to survive and get through. Things that really there's no explanation for it, like why would God do this, other than to help or to serve other people. And for me, I believe that's how we define purpose, which also means, therefore, we don't just have one singular purpose in our life. We have multiple purposes, and kind of each season and each tough thing that we get through leads to a new way for us to fulfill purpose. Do you need to up-level the way that you look at your life and the way that you're able to serve others? And the last and final area kind of encompasses all of these, and it's just personal growth. It's growth in general. What are you doing to, to be better? That's what makes us feel alive. And there are people who are quite content to do nothing. And by nothing, I mean just live. They don't work at going to therapy. They don't listen to podcasts. They don't try to be better. They don't try to learn new hobbies, new skills, new talents, new ways to communicate. They don't read books. They just, frankly, accept mediocrity. They're happy with the status quo. Now, there's nothing wrong with that, unless there's something wrong with that for you. In other words, if you are afraid of growth and you don't want to up-level your life, that's fine. But if it does feel like you could be better, be smarter, it would be interesting to learn a new language, acquire a new skill, learn how to paint, feel better about your confidence. Like All of these things relate to personal development or growth. So are you someone who's interested in growing? Do you want to know more about your body and nutrition? If so, then you need to up-level your personal growth, your pursuit of being better, better, just a little bit better than you were yesterday. All right, that's a quick review of the 10 areas that I want you to think about, and I'm going to go over them quickly again. I just want you to pick one. I know you're, okay, this I know about you. You probably don't need to pick personal growth. I would just guess because you're already listening to podcasts, which means you're already spending a considerable amount of time, more than most people, invested in learning and becoming better. All right, but I'll I'll list it anyways. I'm going to share with you these 10, and then I just want you to pick one. Just pick one area where you're like, you know what? I've got room. Not only do I have room for improvement here, I'd like to up-level my life here in this area. Number one, your love life. Number two, friends and family. Number three, joy or things that you do that are truly for restoration, like to make yourself more whole, less stressed, hobbies, etc. Number four, spirituality. Number five, your finances, which could also include your business or your professional pursuits. Number six, your environment, like where you're physically spending time. Number seven is your physical fitness, overall health. Number eight is your mental wellness. Number nine was your purpose. And 10 was growth, personal growth. Now you'll need to pick one of these areas. Just 
Pick one. I'm waiting. Okay, good. You got it? Excellent. Now focus on this one area. This is the area that you plan to level up. And now I'm going to give you just some really quick, simple tips, things you can specifically take action on today and begin to level up. Nothing affects what we believe is possible or within our reach, within our potential. Nothing affects that more than the people that we surround ourselves with. Think about the area you just said you want to level up. And now I want you to think about your circle of influence, like the people that you spend the most time with. How does their level impact your belief or your vision for what potential you have in this area? Most often I find when I talk to people, they need to surround themselves with people who are at a higher level. And I don't mean that to sound as if I'm judge or saying that you should judge people. Like higher level doesn't mean better person. Let me be very clear about that. It just means that they're doing more. Like it doesn't make someone a better person because they're a better painter or someone who's got more money isn't better than someone who has less money. But the people we surround ourselves with, they help us to see potential. They help us to normalize behaviors. They push us or they make us feel comfortable. You've picked an area where you want to level up. And your most important first step is to take an inventory of the people who are your circle of influence and ask yourself if you need to find or surround yourself with people who have leveled up. And by the way, the people that you surround yourself with who inspire you to do more or to level up, you want to make sure that they're not like 10 levels above you, right? Like, so let's assume that you chose your finances as the area that you want to level up. You know, that doesn't mean you're going to try to find a way to hang out with Bill Gates or Warren Buffett. I mean, that's so many levels above. You can't even see it as in the realm of reality. But there are people. There are people that you know, maybe they're acquaintances, or maybe they are people that you know online. I mean, I certainly have found many other entrepreneurs and podcasters and people who've been successful in business who I don't, I don't know them personally, but I feel like I've leveled up because I've exposed myself to their blog, their books, their podcast, their trainings, their academies. And in doing so, I've been able to level up my own life, even though I don't necessarily have, you know, real personal access to them. I've still been influenced by who they are. And that's the beauty of the internet. Step two is to become a student of someone who's a level above you. Again, not 10 levels above you, but become a student of them. Study what they've done. For me, the first person who I began to study was Brian Tracy. Brian Tracy, personal development and business guru, says to be successful, we absolutely, positively have to find people who have already paid the price to learn the things that we need to learn to achieve our goals. And that's what I did. I studied absolutely everything he did from the way he built his businesses. I read every book that he wrote, every audio program that he created, every academy. And as I began to adopt his behaviors and his habits, I began to up-level my life. And before long, I was able to easily afford to invest in more profound trainings with him. He had a profound effect on my life before I ever even met the man. And eventually, I became a millionaire. Honestly, he's my very first mentor, and you always always remember your first. 
But I learned to up-level my life because I didn't at the time have people I had access to in my life that were at a level that I found inspirational or that I could learn from. So I, I had to look outside of my immediate circle of influence. For me, that person was Brian Tracy. And to this day, I still feel a huge debt of gratitude to him. In fact, I have to say this, many of the principles and the ideas and the habits and so much of the successful thinking that I've you know, come to take on as my own has been so greatly influenced by him. Sometimes I say things and then I'll reread one of his books. And I'm like, oh, wow, I thought I made that up. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's Brian's original thought. That's what happens when you allow someone to really influence the way you think and the way you behave and your habits. And that is an important first step when it comes to up-leveling any area of your life. The next step is to become aware, kind of take inventory. When you think about this one area you want to improve, think about the people who are in your circle of influence, people who you either give them your time or your attention, who actually normalize the level which you're trying to increase. In other words, let's just say hypothetically, you're trying to become healthier, but all of the people that you hang out with either can talk you out of a workout or can talk you into eating food that you don't need to eat, and they normalize unhealthy. By surrounding yourself with these people or by giving them your attention and or your time, you're putting blinders on to the fact that you have greater potential. What we see most often is what we then come to expect as normal, acceptable. By following the principles and practices of Brian Tracy, by studying everything I could get my hands on with regard to that man, I eventually was able to completely transform my life. We were able to accomplish every goal that we set out for ourselves, but we hadn't learned much about balance. We learned how to stay laser focused on a goal, how to accomplish our financial objectives, the things that we wanted to buy, the accomplishments we wanted in our careers. But we got there and accomplished all these things and just were like, holy cow, this is incredibly stressful and out of control. And we don't even get to enjoy the fruits of our labors because we're so like wrapped up in like, okay, what's the next thing? What's the next thing? And caught up in this rat race of looking what everybody else was doing and you know, comparing our success based on someone who was further ahead and further ahead and further ahead. So we always felt like we couldn't breathe. And, you know, I've shared this story many times. It was an inspiration for our development of a program called Smart Success. We were in the midst of stressed success. And once I recognized that I didn't want to feel those things, I wanted to up-level then the quality of my life, I had to look at the people who were in my circle of influence who were normalizing being a workaholic. People who would you know, say, oh, do you know this person? Do you know that person? Oh, have you tried this training and that training? And did you hear so-and-so has done this? The kind of people who would, they would just activate or normalize this chaotic, never-ending pursuit of what's next. So I had to really be honest with myself. And as much as I loved some of those people, I had to limit the amount of time and influence I gave them on my life, or I was going to get sucked right back into that. And I had to surround myself and look for people to influence my life and give my attention specifically to people who understood the pursuit of balance, of happiness. I know this is important to you, so it's time to make a decision. It's 
a mental decision, a commitment to spend less time, perhaps, maybe even just temporarily, with people who are normalizing behaviors, habits, a lifestyle, decisions that keep you at a level where you know you can and should and need to do better. Doesn't mean you don't love them. Doesn't mean that you think less of them. It means you're making a decision that's going to positively impact this area of your life. And the last step I want to share with you today to up-level this area of your life is to create a plan in writing. The mistake most people make is they create a plan in their head and they give it lots of thought. The details and directions are there in their head, but they're entangled with all the other things that pop into our mind because of technology, because of the things that demand our time, because we get a text message and a phone call and a notification on our phone. And all of these things cloud the significance and the specificity that your plan requires. If you want to uplevel your life, your plan to do so needs to be systematic, strategic, and it needs to be in writing, on paper, in your own handwriting not just on your phone, like in your handwriting. It's you developing a detailed, written, handwritten roadmap to up-level this area of your life. This is something I do every 30 days. It's something I recommend you do every 30 days, not just once a year. Things change. Life throws you curveballs. You can't just set one plan in motion, you know, the first of the year in January every year and and think that you should just be following that plan because two months later, something completely unexpected happens that causes you to need to take a 180. Create a new plan. Up-level a different area of your life. So every 30 days, I do a personal assessment. I do this inside my Smart Life Push Journal. It's one of the reasons why I developed a Smart Life Push Journal for people like you to use because You've got it with you. It's handwritten and it's only 30 days. So it's not like super heavy and cumbersome and, you know, this thing that you keep in your office or only pull out once a quarter. No, you should have it with you every day. And in that, the beginning of the Smart Life Push Journal, it's kind of like a worksheet that you can go through. Now, listen, I'm not trying to tell you that you have to have a Smart Life Push Journal, although it's a smart thing to do. But even if you don't have a Smart Life Push Journal, I want you to do this in writing and I want you to keep it with you. And I want you to review it every 30 days because in writing, during the brainstorming process, that's a worksheet in the beginning of this journal, you'll actually write down like everything that comes to mind that would allow you to up-level this area where you feel your number's off, your score is off, you haven't reached your potential. And again, these are things that when they come in your mind, they're so incredibly valuable, you can't chance that you're going to remember them later. If you want to take action, if you want to up-level this area of your life, you need to create a plan in writing and you need to have access to that plan just even to glance at it. And I was about to say every day, but that's kind of unrealistic. But you need to be able to glance at this like every couple of days if you're really, truly going to make urgent, quick, fast, and exciting changes to this area of your life, you can. And it's so much easier than what people make it out to be. It's literally a pencil and a piece of paper. And then looking at this list that you make every couple of days, just glance at it. It's not that hard. But for whatever reason, 
Most people won't do it. They don't do it. They think just thinking through it in their head is enough. It is not. They think that writing it down on a piece of paper and then putting that piece of paper away for six months is enough. It's not. There's too many things that distract us. I know you want to up-level this area of your life and other areas. So do it in writing. Now, if you haven't looked at the Smart Life Push Journal, I encourage you to do so. You can check it out by going to smartlifepushjournal.com. And if you choose not to use that or if you've got a, a tool that really works for you, awesome. I love that. Just make me a promise that you will put it in your own handwriting. It doesn't need to be in a special journal, but it needs to be in writing and you need to have access to it to review it. And that is because what we focus on the most becomes our reality. I repeat, what we tend to focus on becomes our reality. If you want to make this a reality, you need to see it. You need to see it in your own handwriting. Listen, I'm so proud of the personal growth that you've been doing, that you spend time listening to podcasts like this one and others. It's huge. A lot. Most people don't do it. And so you already have the advantage over other people. I want you to own that for a second. You're going to run into 20 people today, 100 people, maybe. And of those people, maybe 2% of them do what you do. You are already light years ahead of other people. And it's not like it's a race, but it's got to feel good to know that you're a little bit better today than you were yesterday. And that's not by chance. That's because you care enough to take action. You are the bomb.com, baby. Thanks for spending some time with me. I'll talk to you soon. And shout out to those of you who are using the Smart Life Push Journal to change your life, to accomplish your goals in less than 90 days. I want to share with you a couple of messages that have come into my speak pipe, which by the way, if you ever want to leave me a message about one of the podcasts that I've done or maybe a tool that you've used because of my suggestion. I love hearing your voice and I'd love to share it here on the podcast. So you can do that by going to shaleenjohnson.com forward slash podcast. There on that page, you'll see a little widget that allows you to leave a voicemail for me. And by the way, if you'd like to install the same feature on your website, we use a program, a third-party application that's like a plugin. It's called SpeakPipe. Well, you can leave your voicemail message for me there, but I want to share with you a couple of messages that have come in from people who have used the Smart Life Push Journal. Hey, Shalene. My name is Alana, and I just wanted to thank you for developing the Smart Life Push Journal. I'm a graduate student. I'm a mother and a wife, and I also work as a nurse. So I always feel like there aren't enough hours in the day to accomplish everything that I need to. Um, however, since I started using your journal last month, I have become so much more productive and efficient and a lot more effective in my life. I'm also consistently working towards my push goal, which brings me so much joy, satisfaction, and peace of mind. Thank you so much. Hey, Shalene. I just wanted to say I really love the Smart Life Push Journals. I've been using them every day since the beginning of the year, and they've really helped me to plan out my day, prep my food, see how much water I'm drinking, organize my workout times, and I just ordered two more sets. I love them that much. Thanks so much. Cheers.
Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.